This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at Media Week magazine and our new online home, mediaweek.com.au. We chat weekly with people in all sectors of the media and more podcasts just like this can be found at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. I recorded this Media Week podcast in Adelaide earlier in the week. Uh, I went into 5AA, the um, news, talk and sport uh, AM station uh, owned by Nova Entertainment in that market. Uh, speaking with David Penberthy and Will Goodings, David starts off our discussion talking about his uh, career before he uh, came back to Adelaide and got into radio. Camera that I developed a bit of a perverse obsession with the telly. Always wanted to work there, and um, yeah, so I moved there in '99 and ended up editing it from '05 to '08. And then moved into the digital world, setting up the the old opinion site, the the punch. Um, we never really work out how to uh, get it to make money. Um, shifted over to to news dot com as editor in chief there. But as I said, always did want to come home and uh, moved back here and ended up editing the the Sunday Mail for a year before the opportunity with Five AA came up. So yeah. Plenty of um, plenty of different jobs, all of them a lot of fun, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting sort of ride. But um, loving now uh, the full time gig here with, with Five AA is terrific fun, um, and I've still got an oar in the water with with News Limited anyway, with my, my weekly columns for the local paper here, the Advertiser, and also the, the Sunday network of papers. Um, doing a national column uh, once a week but um really enjoying the, the the sort of freshness and immediacy of of talk radio it's great fun yeah now um tell us a little bit about your host here will goodings how, how did you end up with him because you had a little bit of a lineup change since you came you to our five double eight i would not i would i would say very much the opposite of that will without wanting to turn this into some kind of bromance will was doing afternoons and we we did a bit of work together um i think we've got really similar interests and the things that 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 get will excited uh, often the things that get me excited you know he's a sort of hard news guy um really into uh, state politics federal politics and will was doing afternoons for the last couple of years we actually started at the station I think on the same day um with will moving into afternoons and, and me joining the the breakfast team and yeah last year we sort of changed the format and um you know it's only three months in but um you know we've sort of had this instant rapport and um you know it's it's the it's the only three hours of news and current affairs that you can get anywhere um on on breakfast in adelaide that, that is unashamedly uh, local, you know, mm. we we go right through from six till nine. We don't we don't break at eight to take a, a national feed from from AM. Um, you know, we go hard on local stories, but we do do the big national and international stories as well. But you know, with, with Will here, it's um, it's felt like a pretty seamless sort of a transition, I reckon. Mm. Let's get you involved, Will. Um, what, what what's your background before you um got this gig in breakfast? Uh, so I was doing afternoons for a couple of years, as Pembo said. I started on the same day he did a couple of years ago. Um, prior to that, I had a short stint, very short stint, in uh, South Australian politics. Um, I was working with a former opposition leader. Um, and then prior to that, I was producing the 5 to Blade Breakfast Show okay. um, and had been around AA since about 2007, doing different bits and pieces. Yeah. So yeah. sort of led us to this point. 
Okay. Now, uh, you mentioned the six o'clock start. That's a bit of a dream start for these sorts of shows. I mean, the poor guys at 2UE are on air at 5am. I think almost all the other shows are 5.30, so uh, six o'clock's good news, right? Well, it doesn't feel like an easy start to me because after so long in print, you know, I used to consider myself lucky at the Telegraph if I made it home by half past ten at night. So, you know, my my circadian rhythms are still hardwired in the old print world where, um, you know, you didn't really start working until about four o'clock in the afternoon, let alone now having to wake up just after four o'clock in the morning. But, you know, you do do get into the rhythm of it and you feel like a bit of a... um, you know, a bit of a hermit during during winter, where you're sitting here in the dark until eight o'clock. But um, but yeah, it's um, it, it's a completely different way of working and and living. But um, I've, I've got to say, I'm, I'm I'm really loving it, and I sort of fell into the job because when I was editing the Sunday Mail, I got asked to fill in here for a couple of weeks when Keith Collin was on on leave, the the former breakfast presenter, and um, just instantly um fell in love with the the radio medium reminds me a bit of the the daily news conference that you have at newspapers except it's conducted with a live microphone in front of you where things are happening and you're going what about this what about that we should find out more about that but the onus is on you to actually do it you know with a live mic with... Imagine the language is a bit more g-rated for us as yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah it's like it's like news conference without the swearing yeah. without the ribald <laughs> jokes well most of the time yeah, on, on air yeah that's right on air exactly now when i came in here will you're sitting uh, over here behind the panel yep. so that so you panel the show yourself and yeah i panel yeah we've always had it that way i'm not yeah. sure quite sure why that happened yeah. i suppose because i came from david had always been well, he hadn't panelled on breakfast, and I'd obviously just done afternoons by myself. And one of the main reasons it happens is that I don't know how to panel. <laughs> <laughs> if I was sitting there, no one would hear the program. It's only a very short hurdle. I don't know where the on switch is. Uh, it, it's good. I know it's where the good. dump button is. I can lord it over as some sort of mystery over Pembo, so it's far more difficult than it is. But yeah, no, it's good. It's, it's the only way I've ever done radio is panelling as well. So if I, we switch positions, neither of us would know what the hell we were doing. I think yeah. it could be very different. I mean, you you talked about you push your localism very proudly, very hard. I mean, uh, traffic's obviously a big thing for your listeners, find out what's going on. Um, there was a lot of traffic this morning. I think there was a bit of a road cave-in and a, and a, a water leak or something that was causing yeah. some nightmare. Um, so that's obviously crucial. Well, I think the thing is, when there's a local story that affects everybody's lives, there's not another station in Adelaide that's going to do it better than 5AA. So, in a way, that's our bread and butter. But the thing that we have also done since we started working together is that 5AA is not going to cede territory to people who might regard themselves as the quality part of the media. You know, we are, we see ourselves as being, um, you know, expansionist in terms of our audience. And there's been some interesting things that have happened in the last little while. Chris Pine uh, was a regular contributor to the local ABC breakfast show, but he decided to quit his position there and along with Anthony Albanese is now our regular uh, Wednesday um, political uh, duo. Um, Malcolm Turnbull was in town a few weeks ago. Will and I got the only interview with him that day and during the course of that interview it was the one where he killed off any increase in the GST. Stone dead um, sitting here in the studio said that uh, there was no um, economic argument for increasing the rate of the GST, which is a massive story, particularly in the context of the campaign being led by Jay Weatherall to increase it. 
Um, we've had Bill Shorten through here. So, um, you know, absolutely we're local. But, um, you know, we we uh, aren't going to sort of be defined by, by some narrow old perception of what 5AA maybe was in the past. You know, we're going to go hard and, and you know, uh, throw as many punches as we can against our, our competitors and land a few when it comes to those big national stories as well. Sure. Um, I guess you've got two sort of competitors in this market because commercially speaking, you compete with um, where else people can put their advertisements. Mm. And so that's mainly the um, FM music stations here, I guess. But then um, content-wise, it's probably the ABCs your competitor. Mm. So you've got sort of two things to look at. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And we're up against a, 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 a very well-established and old team on ABC Breakfast who have, um, you know, done well for a long time due to the fact that uh, nobody was really competing against them um so yeah we have the sort of um the the um that news and current affairs component but then you've got this rollicking fm environment as well where you've got you know our, our stable mates nova and uh, the rebadged safm um triple m all sort of tripping over each other f- for that space but the good thing for us is that more often than not, for the for the last year or so, um, we've been the number one commercial station in Adelaide. So from a commercial perspective, uh, as far as our salespeople are concerned, mm. it's no skin off their nose whether the ABC's rating, you know, three or 60. Um, if you want to sell ads, mm. we, we've been the dominant sort of station uh, from, from a, a commercial sense for a very, very long time. So yeah. the other thing too is we... I think the, the strength of the show is that we actually sort of sound and feel more like Adelaide than any other station in our time slot. You know, we, we're quite happy to talk at great length about uh, footy when there's been some spectacular game or, um, you know, a, a, a shocking and dramatic story uh, such as last year with the, the, the murder of Phil Walsh. You know, this this is a, is a city that often revolves around sport. Everybody is passionately in love with our great new oval it's been a huge story in terms of lifestyle but also in terms of the economy of the state so yeah we we throw ourselves into that and we've got a sort of i guess would say sort of an an optimism about south australia too well we're not knockers we're not relentlessly negative about a place even though it's a place that has got its challenges in terms of unemployment and so on but we want to sort of talk the joint up not down we don't we don't try and shoehorn the story the biggest story in adelaide into what we expect it should be. It might well be what happened on the weekend in the footy. It might well be what happened in state politics. It might be something the Prime Minister said. It might be someone who's visiting Adelaide. It, it, there's no presupposition when it comes to what do people in Adelaide care about. We don't try and reverse the order of things to try and tell people what it is they should be caring about. So I think that's the, the great strength of the program is the breadth of, of things that we, we talk about and engage with. Yeah, there's a bit of a traditional, I don't know if it's a myth or a bit of a legend, that to be successful talk radio host, you've got to be really conservative, you've got to really sort of, you know, bash the listeners up almost. Mm. You don't really seem to fit that mould exactly. No, I'd say, though, there's been times where I've fired up big time against, um, you know, state government uh, ministers. Um, But there does seem to be this gotcha tradition with um, AM radio uh, or or almost like a bullying tradition. I don't think our listeners want that, but I think that what our listeners do want is that if we've got a politician who comes in here and is clearly talking crap, 
It's our job <laughs> to when our um, BS antennae mm. starts twitching to make that point and to make that point emphatically. I, like, I think politically, the conservative slant politically is is more of a, a an East Coast phenomenon. If you look mm -hmm. at historically the, the strong commercial breakfast talk breakfast programs in in South Australia, you're talking about your your Barry Ian's and your Tony Pilkingtons or your uh, Keith Conlins and Tony Pilkingtons. I don't think the political slant has been overtly conservative, and it reflects, I think, the political situation in South Australia. For example, the Liberal Party here is more smaller liberal than you'll find on, on the eastern seaboard in a number of places as well. And I think we, re we reflect that. So if it seems to be somewhat of a breaking of the mould. My will be in the Australian context, but I'm not so sure that's the case in South Australia. Yeah, still the most um, small our liberal yeah. uh, state. I mean, Jesus, is still the only place you can get a deposit on your, your soft drink bottle. And you can take, I mean, that's sort of one of the things that stands out for me that no one else has ever done that anywhere else in Australia. I think the thing too, though, and, and like, you know, Will and I were sort of three months in, so we're sort of still sussing each other out a bit, but my political views are all over the place. I, yeah. I reckon I'm really right wing on on some things like national security. Yeah, days where you're Genghis Khan and other days where you're you know, Mao Zedong. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know. You come in with some idea of where he's going to be, and I, I just I just never know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, but I think that's. I don't. I think if you ask people walking down the street, are you a left winger or a right winger? I reckon ninety percent of the community will say, "What the hell are you talking about?" I just mm. sort of judge people and parties on the basis of what they say and what they do i don't think that people you know we, we we're not all still at uni you know you you, mm. you don't meet normal people in the street who say oh you know um tell me a bit about yourself well you know i'm i'm a i'm a neocon i'm a fabian socialist <laughs> people don't talk or act like that so no. you know um we are uh, an equal opportunity um show in terms of both our capacity to interview people in a civil fashion and to bore it right up them if they're talking nonsense. Mm. And, and look, you know, there was one state government minister who was talking such crap when he was on the show that I basically just kicked him off and said, stop insulting the intelligence of our listeners. Um, you know, he, I thought handled the interview very, very poorly and in a way that was insulting to the community that he should have been really fighting harder for. And, and, and this bloke, he's a, a Labor MP, one of the lefties, he hasn't come back on the show ever since and you know if he wants to then you know He's good awesome. luck when we'll have him back but it's not like the listeners are ringing us every day saying please get this man back on air so you know we we do fire up when the occasion requires it but the the idea of doing radio because you just want to act like a a bully is mm. is not our cup of tea mm. Mm. Keep an eye on the clock there, Pembo, because I know you've got to duck away soon. <laughs> the um, the the mood of the program at the first half hours seems to be very casual. You set up the day a little bit, but that was a bit of a tone right through today. Maybe because it's Friday and it's clips. Or was yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that a bit more laid back? Maybe today's show than normal. Yeah, Friday is probably a bit yeah. looser because I mean it, it, it's like the office the office vibe or, or the vibe in any workplace on Friday. People regardless of whether they're working for one of the big four banks or on a building site or in a radio studio, everyone is a bit looser on a Friday because mm. it's Friday. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that generally, though, the tone of the show is that it doesn't take itself too seriously and it doesn't take things too seriously either unless they are serious things. So we're not, you know, this isn't sort of, a, you know, PBS or, or, or Radio National where it's just relentlessly dour. You know, we want to talk about things that, that are fun but, but more often than not, I mean, some of the biggest stories that we've been 
going hard on over the last month. One in particular has been about uh, a group of 10 cancer patients who were given the wrong chemotherapy dose, one of whom, or two of whom are now dead, mm. one of whom, Andrew Knox, has been on our show repeatedly, and we've sort of taken up the the, the cudgels on, on, on his behalf, because the, the subsequent cover-up after this disastrously incompetent performance by the biggest hospital in town been nothing short of shameful. So in the course of a show, yeah, we, we might have a light-hearted uh, chat at the start and then do lots of weather and lots of sport and lots of what are you up to on the weekend. And every Friday we have this silly listener competition where the, the winner gets a, a, a meat tray from a different local butcher shop every <laughs> week, which is sort of, you know, lots of fun. But in the body of that program, you will get the utterly shameful chemotherapy bungle at the Royal Adelaide Hospital and you will get us breaking a story where Chris Pine says on air that whoever leaked the draft version of the defence white paper has broken the law and should face criminal charges. Mm. You know, so you'll get that and you'll get the other too. So, you know, a yeah. bit of light and bright and plenty of uh, good solid heavy stuff too. Do you, do you think the butchers compete with each other to see who can do the best meat tray? Well, is that it? <laughs> there is. It started out being all genteel, but yeah. now it is just, it's getting out of we're control. We're going to a bigger studio soon. <laughs> well, we're going to need to award it to more than just one listener because it's, yeah, it's exactly. too much meat for one person. I know. Pembo, were there media feuds in Adelaide? I mean, we know about it in Sydney. There's ones in Melbourne. Is it, yes, is it a bit more laid back here or there's still people who don't talk? And Oh, no, the, th the hilarious thing about Adelaide <laughs> is that it, it, it's, it's mastered the art of the veneer of civility. People <laughs> who really genuinely dislike each other, um, including, you know, one or two ABC types around town, um, will... We'll, you know, you'd bump into them socially, and it's like, "Oh, hey, mate, how you going?" A bit like this, you know, a bit like the Logie yeah. scene in the front line, you know. But, but the sort of Ray Hadley, "You're dead to me, mate. You are never coming on the show again. I will make it my business to destroy you." Like Adelaide doesn't behave like that. Adelaide is unyieldingly polite. So, you know, the the fact that the some of the ABC people don't like us, and 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 we, in all honesty, don't adore all of them either. Um. It would it would never manifest itself in some kind of Sydney style, uh, you know, front bar confrontation because this is, uh, you know, th th this is this is the only part of Australia that was, uh, you know, mercifully free of uh, the the convicts who who built your hometown, James. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I always used to feel smug working in Sydney. You know, whenever there was some ICAC story or some blow up on Macquarie Street uh, as an Adelaide person working in Sydney I always used to think you know not much has changed since 1788 you know mm. this mm. this joint it's like the old Cyril Pearl line from Wild Men of Sydney about you know one day someone will write the full story of Australian <laughs> roguery every state will play a part but undoubtedly New South Wales will steal the show you know we like our free settler heritage here and we smugly think because we can't be with the state of our economy, we can't be too smug about too many things. No. But we like to think that we've cornered the market in politeness. <laughs> Look, my last question to you before you got to go. The um, radio, I guess, wouldn't have been on your career path. Do you sort of look back and go, gee whiz, it's, it's funny how things go, you know. You, you were in Sydney, you're, mm. you're a bloody hotshot newspaper reporter, the most read newspaper in the market. You'd have prime ministers and the premiers of the bigger states on the phone whinging to you or trying to get you to do stuff, and, and now here you are down in Adelaide. Well, the truth, though, is that while I was doing all that, James, um, I would probably once every two days 
go and have a quick chat to someone from 2GB or, you know, go on 702 to get yeah. beaten up by uh, <laughs> Virginia Trioli. Um, you know, I used to go into uh, Ultimo uh, quite a bit on, uh, on, 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 on Thursdays with, um, you know, uh, different, different members of the panel there. Um, so I always did do quite a bit of radio in my spare time. And every time I did, I enjoyed it because of its immediacy. So that part of it, um, I guess, sort of piqued my interest. And then when I did make the shift to filling in for a fortnight, it felt pretty comfortable. And, and then throwing myself into it as my main job, yeah, it's, um, it, hasn't been, it hasn't been that big a change, I don't yeah. think. So, yeah. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Look, uh, Pembo's had to run off. Um, I'm still here with Will Goodings, though. Will, um, just just talk a little bit about you. Now, you said you were, now you worked for a politician. Mm. Is that right? Was it, so opposition is that that was the Liberal Party. Liberal Party, yeah, okay. Yeah, and I say an opposition leader because there's been so many over the last decade in South Australia. <laughs> has been a bit of changing doors here, hasn't it? Has it? Been. it hasn't. They've had a proud record of, of sticking with a leader. I'll bet Stephen Marshall now has, has been around for a little while. I was sort of just in the start of him, the tail end of, of Isabel Redmond. I've worked in between coming back to host afternoons and, and, and producing 5AA breakfast. I did a 18 months or so okay. in the crazy world of politics. You prefer... Back in the media? Well, oh, yeah. Well, my know? aim was always to come back. Yeah, okay. Radio is my first love, so it, once an opportunity arose, I, I jumped at it. So yeah. that was always the long-term plan. Okay. It was good to get some experience doing something else in an All entirely right. different field. Never any thought of a political career? Any? You never stand yourself or anything? Oh, or? No, certainly not at this stage. I no. enjoy what I do too much. This right. Is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, tell us about your, your start in radio. What, what did you, you, were, you used to work on the breakfast show previously? Uh, that wasn't the start. My start here was, was immediately coming out of uni to earn pocket money. I did basically work mid-dawns for many oh, years. Really? Yeah, okay. so it was... Uh, Midnight graft over weekends, basically doing whatever anyone else didn't want to do. Right, <laughs> that's short call ups at you know eleven thirty because someone felt sick for for doing a mid dawn. So I did that for years and years, and then gradually started you know over summer I'd become the regular evenings fill in for someone like Bob Francis, mm-hmm. or um, started doing afternoons when I came in and started producing Five Double A Breakfast. Suddenly it became opportune. Oh, Will's here. We'll get him to fill in for afternoons when someone's okay. on holidays or away. Sure. Um, so it sort of was this sort of logical progression in a field where it's not always sort of logical. Yeah. Um, Tell me, does Five uh, Double A still have a local overnight? Yep. So I know. Listen, this morning before six, and you, you had a local. Then. Yeah, Peter yep. Godfrey, and yep. it's twenty four hours a day, seven days a week as right, well. Okay. So the weekend. There's mid-dawn programming as well, and it all does come out if you, here in Adelaide, which is a huge advantage to the station because yeah. the moment elsewhere goes off to national programming, we get people come across. Especially if there's stuff still happens yeah. after midnight, funnily yeah. enough. You know, th- there's been in recent years earthquakes that have happened. Suddenly you want to go to talk, you want to hear what's happening in Adelaide. Sure. And, you know, okay, it's buildings haven't fallen over, but all the same, you want to know what's going on. So... It's not going to be a national story, yeah. put it that way. And um, filling in for Bob Francis. Now, you're obviously <laughs> very different to Bob Francis. Yep. How did his audience uh, react to you? I guess they got to know you if you did it reasonably yeah. regularly. I, is that- yeah, well, I, wasn't, I wasn't an unknown because I'd been doing afternoons and we'd had crossover and on-air chat, um, which, which was great. Yeah. So there was sort of a sharing. And, and as long as with talk, once people get to know you, they know what to expect. Hmm. Um, I'm sure it was grating for some people at the start. But Bob's audience are great because they're still engaging in what's going on. Bob had a unique style and a very mm. entertaining style. Mm. But so long as you're consistent in talking about things that were actually happening and not 
you know, yourself, yeah. um, there was something for them to sink their teeth into. And it was great because yeah. sometimes I'd say things that Bob would and then they would tell me about it, which is great. That's what talk's all about. Now, Bob had a persona of being a grumpy man, rude to some people. Yeah. Um, but I, I gather he was quite a nice guy, though, off air. I, oh, Bob was – Bob was my first introduction to radio was Bob France. It was an yeah. absolute buzz because as someone who loved radio – he had this this legend of the of the game, and my first night he said, "Come in and I'll introduce you to the listeners." Mm. Which, for, with his listeners, put me off in a good a good stead. But he was always like that. Yeah. You know, you have a chat with him off air. He was great, or he'd say good day to you, and in, in amongst a sort of red faced tirade against some listener or, or or some political leader. But in between, he'd say, "Oh, good day, mate. How are you? Yeah, you having a good night. Okay, good. Come in in a minute, and we'll have a chat." And then he'd resume in the middle. Of, it was like he'd break mid sentence to say good day to. You. He was he's fantastic, Bob. Yeah. I've never had a problem with him. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, I guess that endorsement from from him would have been, you know, wonderful. The um, now who else at um, now did you got to your new um, Pilko and um, Keith oh, very well. Or? Oh, I knew, I knew Pilko a bit. He was yep. sort of towards he was towards the end of him was when I was sort of around the place just doing filling and stuff. Uh-huh. I worked with Keith though, producing him in in breakfast, okay, which was a fantastic. So experience he went for me. on. He carried on after Pilko left. He did, Is that right? Yeah, yes. he did. Yeah. Um, so that was a great experience. Keith yeah. was. Uh, fantastic for me in terms of how you prepare and, and how to be accurate and how to go about you know contributing to a, a breakfast program he was just a fantastic experience uh, terrific to be able to learn from him so Keith and Pilko um, their legacy is huge in Adelaide uh, mm. huge at 5AA as well um, but Keith specifically for me was terrific to work with absolutely learned a lot from Keith yeah mm. given the um, breakfast show did you feel any pressure because um it had been I mean it's really the hallmark of the station isn't it that's what it's the thing that grounds it and everything yeah. builds off that across the day did you feel that it's had a great tradition did you feel much pressure sort of taking that over uh, did you think at all what if it goes pear shaped oh always <laughs> every morning I get up at four o'clock and think oh god this might be the day that I'm found out um, yeah but I, I, I can't imagine yeah it doesn't seem to Rest on your shoulders. Seem no, pretty relaxed. no. Also, maybe you might have got me on a good day. No, it's it's <laughs> it's it's all right. But it's kind of got to mean something because yeah. if it meant nothing, what are we doing here? You got to mm. be playing for keeps. So I get that, and yes, there's there's pressure that comes with it. But uh, getting to do what you love doing in as competitive environment as possible has mm. pressure. Yes, but gee, it's great. Yeah, because yeah. what's the alternative? Yeah, <laughs> doing it somewhere that doesn't matter. Sure. Yeah. So um, there's Pembo, there's you, you also look after the panel. Just talk to us a little bit about your support team. Who else you got? Uh, Andy Rusgar, who would be the best, I'm convinced, the best young producer in South Australia of of radio and probably a number of other formats of media he could do if he wanted to. He's terrific. He brings a journalistic approach Mm -hmm. to doing the show, which stems from not just what happens within the period of six to nine, but finding stories, locating people, chasing down leads. He's absolutely fantastic in that. And he's only a young guy. Mm. Um, well, he, he and I worked together. I used to host a, an afternoons program on the weekend before right. afternoons here. Yeah. And he was my producer. That was his first start. So we've had this sort of funny, we've chased each other through our careers a little bit. Yes. And we've got to work together uh, at the moment. So he's terrific. We get wonderful support from our program director, Craig Munn, mm-hmm. uh, who recently came uh, across from the ABC after building them up into the power that they okay. have been in recent years. Yeah. Um, and uh, our assistant uh, producer, Tian, at the moment is uh, just fantastic. The sort of 
organisational godsend that the rest of the rabble in this team needs. So she's yeah. terrific as well. Yeah. yeah. And I guess you've got a – what we talked a lot about being local, but you still get a fair bit of input from um, East Coast, don't you, when it, when oh, it's necessary. And um, you, you've got to balance the sport because it's a big sport town, two football teams. Have you got to give them equal coverage? Oh, yeah, we've got to. I mean, we start behind the eight ball because Pemba and I are both Crows fans. Oh, okay. So that sets us – where you know, we're miles behind before we even open our mouths. On you've got a contributor who you can turn to. Jane Riley. Well, the oh, wonderful okay. Jane Riley is, is a Port Port fan. But yeah. the good thing about Adelaide is no one is silent in their in their fandom. So all mm. those people that do call in, mm. be they callers or, or our regular guests and experts, will make the point, you know, hey, um, I'm, I'm on to balance you guys out today. Yes. And we, 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 make, we cover the story. Yeah. It's the same as politics for us. You know, yeah. we just have the same. If the big story is Port, we do Port. If the big story is Crows, we do Crows. Our editorial comment might not always be as balanced, but in terms of the time we dedicate to a, to to each club, um, you know, it's based on who's doing what and who's saying what. In recent years, that's been Port. So, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Does the show have any affiliation with any um, of the TV um, channels here in terms of uh, you know their news or? Uh, well, we. Because some of the other, I mean, a lot of the newsreaders here also do radio gigs, don't they, in Adelaide? I've noticed over the years. They have. Or well, historically, 5AA, for example, has had Jane Doyle from mm. Channel 7. She's mm. read here. At the moment, our newsroom is all of our stable. It's okay. Anne Stone, Matthew Pantelis, yeah. and Kendall Bredick. And they're, all, they're 5AA stalwarts, and they do a great job. Uh-huh. Um, we will do um, little bits and pieces with, with stations and reporters and people that might be out and about the place, but we're not beholden to anyone at the moment. You know, we do cross promotes with it today tonight but we okay. also have a very strong relationship now with channel nine who've just moved in 50 meters right okay. behind us which yeah has been has been convenient there's the i think the beginnings of a really good relationship there yeah yeah, yeah. and i think i've i flew in i would have come over the channel seven set up here yeah, in adelaide right, it's yeah. a pretty big facility they say yeah, about that it's massive and it's new and it was absolutely state-of-the-art when it's built i mean it's still fairly new but yeah channel and i've just refurbished their building here in Highmarsh square and it's now studio like the public can sort of see in is yeah, that the, the, on, yeah if you go on the the ground floor yes there's a glass window there and you can now see in and that's they've gutted a building and it's cutting edge now it's absolutely phenomenal technology that they've got there yeah much like seven have had okay. the, the advantage in recent years and do you have people from the advertiser do you have sort of anyone yeah. there contributes to the show and yeah stuff we like we've got regular contributors yeah. um the crime reporter at the uh, the advertiser okay. sean fuster is yeah. fantastic radio talent we speak jess leo edits yeah. messenger newspapers so when we do really local stories yeah. when we get down into your suburb and the local town hall or you know there's residents fighting against the fact that there's a children's theatre group starting, as we right. had ridiculously in, in okay. one circumstance. Okay. She's our go-to. So um, yes. there's a yeah, there's a couple of regular advertisers. Uh, contributors to the program that name's familiar to me she used to be entertainment or yeah, tv writer yeah, at the paper yeah. didn't she for she used years. to be yeah, yeah now she's the manager of, of messenger yeah yeah so she comes in and, and we get try and get really local on you know for half an hour on, on a wednesday afternoon yeah. yeah and just to wrap it up mate just give us a, your day so you said you get up around four o'clock yeah. um and you hang around much after the shows yeah we hang around typically we will have a meeting and catch up and then i'll the producer and i'll um sit back in the room for a little while after and talk back through what happened and mm-hmm. You sort of you can't really plan ahead too yeah. much. We try and be as immediate as, as humanly possible, so we don't plan ahead too much. We just talk about refining what we do and bounce ideas around. Ninety nine percent of which never see the light of day, but <laughs> and which is a good thing. Uh, but you know, every now and then something comes out that that becomes a feature of the show, and we're just always trying to think because it is so new as well. Mm. It's not like mm. we're doing bits that have been embedded for twenty years. Yeah. We're trying to create 
the next evolution of five double a breakfast there's a great legacy here and that guides us a little bit sure but we're always trying to try trying to innovate yeah um and yeah. a big part of that happens off air as well so yeah it's a big part of the day well great to meet you will uh thanks for having us in will goodings five double a breakfast uh continue success mate uh, new survey figures out so hope you do well thank you very much appreciate it this has been another media week podcast produced with the assistance of abe's audio If you like this podcast, find more at mediaweek.com.au or on iTunes. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at MediaWeekAUS.